Hello, Oasis. We are back. Yes, we are. Let's go. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. We are back with another episode on the podcast, and we are excited. Our first episode just aired last week, and it was incredible. Yeah, so it's great. Like, comment, subscribe <laughs> if you want. Double tap all the things. Double tap those insigies. Oh, just hope it's helpful, right? Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, someone asked. They said, "What's the point?" And I said, "I." It really is just honestly. Yeah. They were like, yeah. like a friend, right? They weren't coming at me like, "What are you doing?" Right, but they were asking like, "What's the point?" And it's our our sole goal is that this would be helpful to people who listen and watch, right? There are things that we cannot cover on Sunday nights. There are questions people ask us. There are topics that just come up consistently in ministry that we want to be able to share stuff with you, and we can't sit down with all five hundred of you. And so it's a chance for us to share through a different means. And so we hope it's helpful. It's good. All right. So before we dive in, I have a question for you. Yep. Who do people say you look like? Do you have one or off the bat? I'll, I'll do. I'll share this. It's not true. I don't think it was true ever, but at some point in my life, and in that same season of life when I was about twenty-five or twenty-four, um, Justin Timberlake. How long ago was that? Shut up. <laughs> uh, Twelve years ago, Justin Timberlake had his head shaved and a very short, like very very short beard, mm. and I had that same look. Mm. And I had four different people within a month say, "Hey, you look like Justin Timberlake." It was never true. But when you put this, you've shown me the it. pictures. I showed you the pictures. Hey. I found the right pictures. Yeah, That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, JT, man. I'll That's it. not bad. I'll take it. Do you have one? Yeah. Sometimes people tell me I look like Pam from The Office. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you don't have curly enough hair. Pam's got curly hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll curl my hair and see okay. what happens. All right. I like it. We can get a side by side of that. I just, yeah. That's so good. Corporate needs you to find the difference in the photos. Okay. <laughs> What, I shouldn't do this. I'm ruining the podcast right now. What I'm <laughs> showing Emily the pictures. <laughs> what I need everybody to do to understand mine is I need you to close your eyes for a second. Perfect. Picture a guy with brown hair and a beard. That's it. I knew you were going to do it. Yeah. I wanted to punch you in the uh, middle of it. You're like 75 to 85% of the oh, way uh, of looking like me. <laughs> like You get a guy, any guy, Google a guy right now, brown hair, brown beard. There's a good chance he looks a little bit I like so, me. I think he has a dark brown. Yeah, okay, okay dark brown. Yeah. But, like, just scroll through Instagram right now. I bet you can find 14 guys who look That's very similar yeah, to, yeah. I, to me. That's just yeah. not a very unique look. Yeah. But that's okay. I'm okay with that. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But no, nobody famous. I don't have that level, level of cred. <laughs> just, I'm just a normal dude. <laughs> that's what I aspire to be. I aspire to look like the guy in the Target ad. Also, that's just me. There's a third baseman. That place for the Texas Rangers are used to. I think his name's Justin Tucker. Okay. Well, I've the kicker? That. Ravens uh, kicker? No. Anyways. <laughs> that, good question, that though. Well. That's good. That's good. Good question. All right. So our topic for today is the image of God, and we're just kind of breaking down what this means. But for me growing up in the church, whenever anybody told me I was made in the image of God, I strongly believed that it meant if you took the entire human race and took all of their physical features and averaged all of them, you would have the image of God. Like, I, <laughs> I firmly believed That's amazing. that it was like an appearance or like an actual like photo of who God is. I think AI could do that. Oh, we need AI to do that yeah. at some point. Someone send us a picture. Someone do it. But that's not what the image of God is. We're very clear on that. The image of God is not um, like someone's face or physical appearance. It's sharing that the likeness and the sameness of who God is. And when we look at Genesis 5, we see it clearly. He says, when God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of 
God. So we resemble God, not with our physical features like our nose or our eyes, but with how we are created and how we are to work in the world. So we're just going to break this down. We have the image of God, but what has God actually shared with us? Yeah, that's good. First off, I w- we need to caveat that we will not cover every single facet of what it means to be created in the image of God. We were having a discussion even before the podcast of how do we robustly fill this out and how do we not go too far off the theological deep end where we keep it practical, all the different things, right? But like we're talking about God who can't be fully like mm. understood. Yeah. We're talking about a God who is so far, like scripture tells us his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, his ways are higher. Like we're talking about a God where we try to worship in faith because we will never, ever, ever, ever understand exactly yeah. what it means to be God. Mm-hmm. And so then when you take the image of that and you replicate it back onto humanity, we will never fully understand yeah. and artic- be able to articulate every way. Like we're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, yeah, that was my image. And you were like, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and that's kind of the, the crazy part of this conversation. And yet a beautiful part of it. Cause if you think about that, there's a God who we serve and love and worship that we can't fully comprehend and understand. And yet has made us in a way that is like him. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. That's even crazy. Yeah. And beautiful. And so we're going to try to, as you said, explain this and talk about this. For sure. So we can we can start with probably the most obvious, I maybe would say. Like, just the, the we're the reflection of God's character. Everything that God is in his character, when it means to be made in the image of God, is we're supposed to reflect that back to him. Yeah. And so we can start to just kind of walk through some of those things, I guess. Go for it. Just start. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I would say probably one of the first things is, like, God is creator. Right? That's one of the first things we learn about God in the Bible. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God made. Right? So he created. And so to be made in the image of God is we all are made to create. Yeah. And your creation will look very different than God's. Yeah. Right? I, if you feel like you're speaking from nothing and making something out of your words, like, I want you to come talk to me because <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got a problem there. But are you creating Excel spreadsheets at your work? Are you creating projects for your school? Are you p- creating uh, systems at your, like, workplace? Are you creating, like, order in your home? Are you creating love within your family? Like, what are you creating? And that is part of what it means to be made in the image of God. And I think I, I, I think of since God is Father, mm-hmm. of how Jesus prayed, and it's not that we have to be parents. Father gives this relational like attachment and closeness to God that we are offered and invited into. And so even there, there's this like, oh, being created in the image of God is like, we're relational. First with him and then with each other. Like we were not created, a part of being made in the image of God is like, you are not to be alone ever yeah. in any situation. So mm-hmm. like there's a relational aspect to that. So there's a, we go to God in relationship and we offer relationship to one another too. That's good. I think the one that sticks out to me are the words healer and redeemer. And I think for me, it's just this continual process in which God is still working in creation. So it's not like God created the world and then never stopped creating after that. But God is still in the world, still creating and still working. And what this means is that everything that God is, because he has shared all of these things with us, his goodness, his mercy, his love, but he still works in the world. This means that we are called to be that vessel that still extends his mercy, his goodness, and his love. And it never stops. And, and how do we know these things about God? In his word. In his word, right? Like The Bible. I want to talk to that layup. So, like, we got to get the word. Yeah. Right? You got to read it. You got to understand. Like, if you want to know who you are in the mm-hmm. image of God, you yeah. have to know who God is. And to know who God is, you got to get in his word. Yeah. And so, not to be the pastor who's going to do the pastor thing, but read your Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah, that's good. Keep going. 
Yeah, I think the second thing that we want to talk about is we are representatives of God's rule. Um, another way that people talk about it is that we are stewards of creation. So God has created all things. And in that, because we are made in his image, he's asked us to be a part of in participation with him in declaring that what he's created is good because he said it was in Genesis. And then that's like, okay, then we are ambassadors and stewards of what he's created to take care of. Yeah. And there is an aspect of rule over there, but it's 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 a careful because of who God is and his character to take care of. Not just rule over, not have just dominion over, not just lead and conquer, but to take care of and steward well, appropriately, according to his will and not our own. And what you just said is so good, yet phrased in a different way, it can become very, like, clickbaity or, like, shock and all. Yeah, oppressive. Even. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, like, I even think, not even, so you have the oppressive side, but then you have, like, the social justice side, mm, and yeah. you have people who will take what is the image of God, and they're saying, okay, well, God's about justice, so we're about justice, mm. and so, but then how do we live that out? That's part of what it means to not only do we resemble God, but then we put action into that, That's right? Cool. Like, the way that you resemble God is not just, like Emily said, in your physical features or in these titles that are bestowed, but on the way that you live life. So yeah. what does it look like in your life to pursue justice because that's what god is about like in your home in your city and in in this world right so it it has action to it there's legs to this as we talk about it and i think it's good to know like when we talk about god's rule it's not oppressive his rule is freeing like i don't know if you've ever made a budget and it feels oppressive at first and then you realize oh man i only have 10 more dollars i can spend at mcdonald's (laughs) and it's only like the third of the month but like the rest of the month, you're like, man, I don't even have to decide if I'm going to McDonald's because mm-hmm. if I'm following this budget, mm-hmm. it's a no. Yeah. Like, I know for sure that I don't have to make the choice. And that's what God's rule is. He lays out what's good and what's not good. And we just follow in obedience yeah. and we don't have to determine what's good. We just yeah. have to follow that's in good. it. So, I always thought being a steward of my time and keeping a calendar was oppressive mm-hmm. until I started doing it and how freeing, like allowing, because I always thought like I had to serve the calendar and it allowed the calendar to serve me. And yeah. when I prioritize well. Yeah. And just that's such a good word. Like, it's not oppressive, it's freeing. Mm-hmm. So good. All right, maybe let's hit this last one that God has also shared with us the ability to harness creation's potential to create order and beauty. What does this one mean? Yeah, when you look at the first command given to Adam, right? Rule over the earth, create the, the order from the chaos, subdue it, like, build out of it, grow, cultivate. That's. That was his first command. That's what he was created to do in the garden. It's what he was meant to do. It's what we're still meant to do. And it looks different because not all of us are in agriculture, right? Can I get an amen? Uh Like I I can't do what a lot of farmers do, but yet my work is still part of the image of God is taking what is the chaos of the world, creating order of it, bringing what God has built as a beautiful creation yet has been lost due to sin and brokenness and bringing back order to some of that and to be able to show back to God's glory, right? To be the reflection back to him for what he's due of, I'm still living in what Adam was given thousands of years ago. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Then I think you have thoughts on this. Yeah. Because God has created beauty, we are inherently beautiful. Psalm 139, like fearfully and wonderfully made. And so... To be made in the image of God, and we talked about this before, is to be human. And a part of being human is to recognize and realize you have worth because what God creates is beautiful and good and wonderful. And so, like, that is an, another aspect of what it means to be made in the image of God. And I think that, for me, is one of the greatest things because no matter what stage of life a human is in, what they are capable or incapable of doing, it's like, wow, made in the image of God, you have worth. 
mm. and are good and wonderful and fearfully made, and it's just beautiful. Yeah, value, value. Right, someone listening Acceptance. right now needs to hear that. Yeah. Like you have value, yeah. not because of what you've done or achieved or or what others say of yeah. you, or right, you have value because you've been created in the image of God, and nobody can take that from you. Yep. So. We kind of started with talking about the garden a lot. And the garden is this moment where we see God's image and its full display through Adam and Eve. But there's this moment in which they're disobedient and they eat from the tree of good and evil. And it's not the fact that they were disobedient. It's the fact that the image of God in them showed they desired to do other things than what God mm-hmm. desired. Right? They, they desired to determine good and evil from those for themselves yeah. rather than obeying what God had already commanded. And so this creates this problem where the image of God is now marred in us. So let's walk through the same three and just kind of discuss how that looks. Well, and I'm sorry, I'm going to, I got a thought in my head. I got to get out. So I've been prepping this sermon lately and Genesis three has a key part in it. And I've been reflecting back on all the teachings that I've ever heard about Genesis three, just kind of reading through notes, different things like that. And I remember there was this one teacher who taught this passage and as he read through genesis 3 he had to consistently stop and wipe tears from his eyes and then at the end he was almost sobbing i'm almost emotional talking about it he was almost sobbing over the text and he looked at us and he said this is the saddest moment in human history and i sat there and i remember i thought through each moment of human history that i know that are like the pillars of like brokenness you know you got your world wars you've got your genocides you've got your pandemics you've got and he labeled this moment where fruit is eaten in a garden thousands of years ago. But what he did so beautiful is he showed us that everything that we now experience that is broken and bad labels and leads itself right back to that moment. And so this garden story, I feel like for so many people feels abstract. It feels fictional. It feels not important, right? It just is like filler to like help create the narrative, but it's not like it's, it's when we talk about the image of God and these things will about share, like, what happened in those moments that left us marred, we still feel the effects of today. Like every pain, brokenness, failure, hardship, all of that that we've walked through like has this sin root and that sin root finds itself even in our own image. So that's just like, I don't know. It, I think there's a weight that we need to feel when we think about that even. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate issue. Right, mm-hmm. is, is the problem of sin. Yeah. And so when it comes to the image of God, if the original intent in that, and it's still possible now because of redemption in Jesus, yeah. but if it's a reflection of God's character where he is creator and healer and redeemer, well, because sin has marred that, now all of a sudden it's like, I don't care about healing and redeeming. And even if I care about creating, it's not for God. Mm-hmm. It's for me. And even if I care about reconciliation or, or, or if I care about being in relationship with people, it's not to be in relationship because that's just a healthy, great thing to do because I'm a human. Mm-hmm. It's what can I get from this person? Yeah. And so it's just everything is flipped on itself yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. So we began by talking about this image of God with, with saying that we reflect God's character. How does sin change that? Yeah, we, res- we start to resemble the things God never intended us for to even experience. Right, so when when Ben's talking about selfishness, when we're talking about pride that you saw in the serpent, when you talk about even so, like I think there are characteristics of God that you can see in the scriptures which we don't even know how to how to fathom now because of our brokenness. So you see, God is a jealous God, right? That's that's a characteristic of God. He is jealous, and you read that, and like new believers are like, whoa, 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 pump to brakes! Like God is jealous. 
but God is jealous in this righteous, perfect, holy sense. But we only know jealousy in our fallen sense. And so in our in the image of God, there's an aspect of us that understands jealous, jealousy, but then the world has corrupted that. It's marred that. So we only know, like, or God's anger, his wrath, right? Look at the Old Testament and you see how God displays his wrath. And you have a lot of atheists out there that's like, no, God can't be loving. It's like, well, you only know wrath from a sense of brokenness. And so as people, when, when we're created in the image of God, you're going to feel anger, right? And part of that is like, oh, is this the character of God? It's like, no, but we have to understand that that's maybe more worldly anger because of our broken image. So some of these things get, get way blurrier than we think. Like you can look at lust and you can look at some of this, but like what are those ones in the middle where it's like, oh, those are harder to navigate. Anger. Anger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think the other thing that we talked about is being representatives of God's rule, right? And so it's, okay, if I'm an active participant in extending God's declaration of goodness, that means there's a standard of goodness in which he is given to us. And so we get to say, hey, here's here's what is good, mm-hmm. not because I'm declaring it. It's because this is what God says is good. Well, what sin does in that is what? It's like, oh, now I get to define what's good and bad. Mm-hmm. I get to define what is right and wrong. And that it affects relationships. And then there's all of a sudden judgment. And there's what we've seen in the last three years and what we're going to experience this next year in the political cycle. And it's just they're wrong and I'm right. And there's this complete chaos and hatred, really, mm-hmm. all because of sin. And so instead of representing God's rule and what he desires, it's, again, we live for ourselves because we determine then what is good and evil. Mm-hmm. Just insane. Because we don't know. (laughs) I think this last point here, I think is the one I um, feel like has the most weight when we think about the brokenness of sin. So God has given us authority to create, to spread goodness. But through this marred image, through determining good and evil for ourselves, we use the authority God's given us to steward our own selfish gain. Mm -hmm. And when we look at Genesis like 1 through 11, it's story after story of people trying to do things for themselves. And like the pivotal one is called the Tower of Babel. When this group of people, they unite and they're like, we're going to make something that's greater than God can make. It's going to reach up to the highest heavens and we're going to be equal with him. And it's just this moment where like God's heart breaks Mm -hmm. because his people have united over a unifying sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But let's just let's just keep going. I think we're feeling the weight on this one. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's, I, here's what it is. It's the reality of like, because we say this all the time, right? And we don't define it. How many times have you heard in church? You're made, like you, exactly what you yeah. just said at the beginning. It's you're made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And yet, what, okay. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden, now no, we start talking about it. We're trying to define it, which is sometimes hard to do. And then you recognize the reality of how far we've, we've gone away from what he has intended. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get to the good part, we promise. That was yeah, really, yeah. really great. Yeah, it's coming back but around. But right now it's heavy because yeah. we're in the, which it should feel that way. Exactly what you said, Brendan. Well, and I, there are moments in life where I think language helps meet your lived experience. And right now it's like, for some people that's going to be this, yeah. right? Because you know, like e- even even one of the things that when you look at your unbelieving, like we're about to talk about what Jesus does for you. But when you when you look at your unbelieving friends or family members, you're going to see some of like God's character in there. And you're going to see some of like love. You're going to see some of the fruits of the spirit and people wrestle with that. They're like, how is there goodness in the world when we're talking about sin and like humanity is so like broken and it's so far gone from what God created it. Yet there are those people who are not Christians. There are those people who are agnostic that, that still have goodness in them. But like, you know, 
just because you're human, the potential of God's image yeah. in you, right? When when we talk about sin has marred that, it's marred it, but not completely destroyed yeah. it, right? So every human being, because they have worth, because they're created in the image of God, they have the potential to live into some of that characteristic. Now, they will never actualize that, and they'll never fully live into it without Jesus. But there might be blips, there might be spurts, there might be these these steps that you see in someone's life. So you, you, you feel that, and then you feel the broken side of it, yeah. right? You know that temptation you feel in yourself when you try to do something good, but you don't do what's good. <laughs> when you're living Romans 7, like that, Paul's, I do, but I don't want to yeah, do, like, we know that. And so that's that human nature, that brokenness in us. And so I just think this is, the image of God language is helpful when it's understood because it is so acutely descriptive yeah. of the human experience. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I had a professor in college, and he repeatedly used this phrase, we become what we worship. And when I think about how this image has become marred in us, a lot of times it's because we are truly becoming what we worship. We are worshiping, maybe it's like in our career, trying to advance and go through the rings. We're worshiping that process. Maybe it's through social media and trying to be the it person, having it all together. Like whatever it is, we truly become what we worship. And for like... The culture that the the Bible was written in in that time period, they would become like the gods they were worshiping. Mm. So whatever god they created, out of their own materials, out of their own design and creativity, and like the golden calf, things like that, those physical idols, they became like the god that they worshipped. And because of that, they became in bondage to that. Mm. And we see Psalm one thirty five, like. It's just this psalm that is just trying to clearly show how powerless this is, yet how binding it is. The mm-hmm. idols of the nations are silver and gold, made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, nor is their breath in their mouths. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. And I, when we come to the image of God, I think the question is, so we know we're broken. We know we need help, but what are we going to turn to? What are we going to choose to worship? Yeah. I mean, Jesus, yep. praise let's God, right? Like, yeah. let's get to some good news, get to some good news on this podcast. But like, yeah, Jesus, he has set you free and he wants to set you free from the brokenness that's inside of you, the marred image of God. He is come to restore that which is broken, both in the world and in each yeah. and every person. And so he is the hope we cling to. He is the future longing we will we will run to. He, he is everything we have ever desired and more. Yeah. That's so good. I think um, I, I mentioned this to Brennan before we started the podcast. In my graduate studies, I talked a lot about the image of God and, and what that looks like practically of what it means to be human. And one of the teachers that I had, she wrote this book, uh, Practicing Christian Doctrine. She says, um, uh, we become truly human beings and live truly human lives through Jesus. She says we become human through resurrection. And so 1 Corinthians 15, it says, For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of that also came through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. Mm-hmm. And Romans 5, 18, Just as one man's trespasses led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. And so it's this idea of like, okay, yes, sin has marred the image of God, and yet Jesus has come to heal and restore fully what it meant to be human and be not just, not, not just made in the image of God, because you are made in it, but for it to be whole mm-hmm. of what it was intended to be. Yeah, so good. 
to be human is to live like Jesus, yes. not to like, Period. we, we yeah. say like, oh, I'm just human because yeah. I messed up. But no, to, no mm, that, yes. that, that is the brokenness of yeah. the world. To be human is to live in the way yes. of Jesus. Yes. And we talk a lot about semantics and how important semantics is just word choice, right? Linguistics, whatever word you want to use. But like when it comes down to it, right, most people don't have that concept of yeah. humanity, yeah. right? When you say, oh, we're just human. And you're saying, no, like it should be a good thing to be human. Right, there should be redemptive quality, but we ha- we are so far gone from that yeah. that we have to even begin to change. Jesus begins to change the way we use the language of humanity because it's it's good for us to be human because yeah. He can restore that humanity back to what we were always meant to experience. Yeah. yeah, He redefines what our humanity for sure when He came, not just showing us right, yeah, what it means to live and be human, but our human like our full humanness will be made complete when we can become like him. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's first John 3. And he, he he redefines it, and then we get to continue to redefine continue it for others. Word, yeah, that's right. Because like so once good. he restores that in you, then it's your opportunity to go live that for other people and show them what it looks like to be made in the image of God because it's in you, right? Yeah. And when Jesus has restored it, he's working that out in you. Yeah. And so it's going to continue as you follow him and worship him and become like him. It's only going to become more evident and clear. Yes. And people are going to look at you and you're like, okay, you're different, Yeah. right? And you're like, no, yeah, I, I am different, yeah. right? But it's because I've restored that image of God in me. I am who I was created to be. I have purpose. I have value. I have identity. I am being cleansed. I am walking with like that all attaches itself back to way back in the beginning where we were made to be like God. Yeah. We were made to walk with God. Yeah. So good. And you go back to how, what we talked about, what God shared with us in being made in the image of God. Who is the greatest person at ever reflecting God's character? Jesus. I mean, who is the greatest yeah. representative of God's rule? Who was the one who harnessed creation's potential more than anything, mm-hmm. anyone else? Mm-hmm. And it's Jesus. And so, like, he came to remind, not just remind us, to save us, to redeem us, to defeat sin so that we may be made alive in him. But in that, it's like an invitation into, oh, hey, now you get to be fully who God created you to yeah. be in me as you continue to pursue me. And so Jesus thinks it's possible, but he doesn't leave us alone in that, right? Yeah, for sure. He gives us the Holy Spirit who mm-hmm. helps us and guides us. And this process, we use this word called sanctification. And it's just a huge fancy word of this process of becoming more and more like Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is giving us the strength to do that the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Philippians 2, right? Jesus humbled himself I mean, by becoming, like, by, by taking on flesh, yes. by making himself nothing. He Finding the appearance of a man, right? Jesus became like we are so yeah. that we might and he did it by the ministry of the holy spirit yeah. i was just in luke four this morning and i was blown away you know it's the temptation story if you guys have ever heard it of course you've heard what? it the temptation <laughs> where is it i'm talking to people on the pocket if you've never heard of it, luke four there's the temptation story so jesus is led by the spirit into the wilderness and the the, the enemy the devil throws three different accusations at him and in each of those accusations jesus responds with scripture Yet when I was reading that, I feel like most of the time I've been taught that, like, you got to know your Bible. You got to know, you got to be able to refute the enemy. You got to use your, mm. your, the word that is the st- sword. But if you look at Luke 4, 1, it says Jesus full of the yeah. Holy Spirit. Because I feel like in, in life, and especially in Christian, you can get a lot of the right stuff in you. But if you don't have the Spirit's power to be able to help you mm-hmm. with that stuff, you're just full of stuff. Yeah, that's good. You can memorize every single page of the Bible. But if you don't have the Spirit teaching you how to use that, teaching you to transform you through that, yeah. teaching you to like teach others that, it's fruitless. Yeah. Right? You just got a bunch of pages in you. Yeah. You need the Spirit's power to help you to do anything that God has called you to, including be made in the image of God. Yeah, that's good. I think something over break I was like reflecting on is when we come to sin, 
it's almost like we're trading our identity for an identity that is that we are so much more worthy than Mm -hmm. like sin is saying i refuse to be a child of god and i'm gonna settle for this lower identity but when we have the holy spirit he gives us the strength to say no i am worthy of being a child of god i'm gonna choose his way and i i have help i'm not alone in this And, and part of me thinks like an illustration that keeps coming to my mind is almost like when you find something, there's these, there's these, uh, I'm on Instagram reels cause I'm not, I'm not y- young enough to be on TikTok, but no, I'm what's just... TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> no, I watch reels and every once in a while I'll find this reel where someone cleans something that's just like unrecognizable. Mm. I don't know if you guys have seen these. Seen the rug one. Yeah. They're, it's insane, right? I okay. think they purposely make these rugs just as disgusting. They're caked in mud. They throw it on the floor and you're like, what is that? It literally looks just like a block of mud. But right away, what they do is they power wash it. And after they power wash it, there's this moment where you're like, that's a rug. Mm. And you can see it for the first time. But then the whole video keeps playing and they keep doing things to it that make it cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. And part of that is like the image of God when when in, in humanity, it's like, and maybe this doesn't work, but you guys can help me out. <laughs> in humanity, we see it in others and we're like, what is that? Right? What is that? And Jesus, when he shows up, he makes us new. There's this cleansing, this this deep power washing where for the first time you see, oh, that's that's what that's always meant to be. Mm-hmm. And then as you walk in sanctification with the spirit, you just keep getting cleansed and it becomes clearer and more evident and you can see it more. But it's that scrubbing, right? You got to get you got to get into the, the cracks. <laughs> you, you do like there's parts of every single one of us that are deeply broken and there is grime and, and gunk in us. But Jesus, by his grace, through the power of the spirit will wash those things clean. And one day, we will be with him. Yeah. Fully like him. Fully like him. That's a Completely word. and entirely restored to the image of God. Yeah. And that'll be sweet. And so on this side, we just become what we worship. Yeah. And we just keep worshiping, and, and God keeps moving in that. That's good. Yeah. So worship Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I think there's sometimes we lock away from a podcast thinking, what, what do we need to do now? Hmm. Right. If you're a Christian, you're a Jesus follower, I think this is intellectual knowledge to fuel you in what you hopefully are you're doing. Right. Just like Emily said, just keep worshiping. Yeah. Keep showing up. Keep reading the word. Keep praying. Keep connecting with the spirit. Keep listening. Keep being obedient. And all this stuff is happening in you, whether you knew these language terms or not. Yep. Yeah, that's good. And I think if you're you're not there yet, look at how, what you're becoming. Are mm-hmm. you satisfied in it? Yeah. I guarantee you're not. Yeah. Boom. Roasted. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks. Love you guys. Peace Peace out. out.